Hey, everybody. Absolutely stunning news over here this week. We have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night. Go over there, sign up at any tier, and you'll have access to it. Once again, that's patreon.com slash late night. Now, enjoy the show. Do you do the thing? We, I mean, you post pictures of yourself occasionally. Do you do the thing where when you post a picture of yourself, you check the background for things with your address on it? Yeah. I do that all the time. You got to do the address check. You got to do the foot check. You got to do the like mm -hmm. the everything check. Yes. And then you go to the next level of, okay, if I was an annoying person on the internet, what would my fun little comment be? And then it's just a way for me to manifest my own like self-loathing and anxiety and project it onto comments that will probably happen and then you do get comments mm -hmm. and it's something way dumber. So I posted one time, it was like a promo for an NSP thing. I did one half of the video and Danny did the other half. We kind of cut them together. And for whatever reason that day, I decided to look at the comments and someone said, I keep getting distracted by Brian's nose hair. <sighs> and I was like, brutal. What? <laughs> And I looked at it and I had one little gray nose hair just sticking out. And I was like, what the fuck? Just, oh yeah. my God. There's always something. There's always something. It's the John Mulaney, like middle schoolers will go straight for the thing that you're sensitive about bit. Yeah. That, but internet commenters. And it's not even that. It's just like, pick the dumbest thing possible. Uh, and somebody will come at you for it. Anyway. I often with NSP tweets, we might've talked about this. I will often think through the possible responses and mm -hmm. leave low hanging fruit there so that people have something to say when they respond to it. So it's kind of an engagement strategy. This is like, I forget which Verhoeven movie it is. It's either Robocop or Starship Troopers where in order to sneak all of the like essentially Antifa shit passed. He just like went super hard on violence of like, all right, they're going to make us cut out all this violence, but they're not going to make us take out <laughs> the rest right. of the shit because they're going to be so focused on ED-209 cannot rip that guy to shreds for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a common strategy, I think, right? With some filmmakers is they go extra hard and know they're going to scale it back. Yeah. Just how much will they allow me to get away with? which is my general guiding creative ethos. Yeah. Well, the nice thing, of course, is when you make stuff yourself, often you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Sure. Well, it's weird that, you know, you and I generally do not have people telling us what we can and can't make. However, we do have to worry about the people. The people. <laughs> do you hear that at home, folks? The people. The people. Yes. Oh, everybody shut up. It's 420, 420. That's right. This is the late night 420 Blaze It special. Yeah. Where in honor of April 20th, I am not stoned. And a very, very happy 420 to you as well, sir. How will you be celebrating yes. this fine holiday? Well, I celebrated by seeing Twerp perform last night. 
Oh, you gave a wholesome answer instead of a bit answer. The fuck? I did. I don't do bits. I've never done bits. Uh, yeah, it was great. What a lovely show. Great group of people there. You know, fun crowd. Awesome to be back in San Diego. Before I forget, how are you celebrating 420? Now you can do the bit I think you wanted me to set you up for. I don't have a bit. As you know, I've never done a bit, and I would never lie to you about doing a bit. And Neither I'm far more interested in hearing whatever dumb thing you're about to say. <laughs> Great. So Twerp played this club in San Diego, the Casbah. Did they rock it? Yeah, oh, they definitely rocked the Casbah. And I'm sure that's why that club exists and is called the Casbah. It's been there for, I don't know exactly how long, but a long time, and is kind of like the prestigious San Diego venue of that size. It's rel relatively small. It's like 300 person club, maybe not even. But when I was living in San Diego and playing in a band there, we would always try to get into the Casbah to play and they would not even return our emails. Like, <laughs> which, which was not a bad move on their part. Ghosted by the Casbah. Constantly. And like we were, you know, we we're kind of a jam band. We weren't in that indie scene that they were a part of. We didn't have anyone booking us. We were just booking ourselves. And I understand why they didn't get back to us. We were playing around locally, but we were not a particularly prominent local band. So three years ago, I think that's when it was, when Torp played the Casbah as a headliner, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finally get to play the Casbah. So I'm going to come down and sit in with Twerp for a couple songs and get to see the legendary Casbah Green Room, one of the most prestigious clubs in San Diego. I finally get to see the Green Room. I didn't even know what it was. So we get there and it turns out the Casbah has no Green Room. You have to change in the club office. Hell yeah. Not even that it's gross. I mean, it's a club office. It's just the tiniest thing imaginable. If you have any reasonable size band, you are crammed in there. Any reasonable yeah, size band that's, nuts. let's say, you know, have complex outfits and. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is maybe a make everyone hate you question. But in terms uh -oh. of green rooms, bests, mm -hmm. worsts. Oh, yeah, make everyone hate me. I think I've done that successfully over the course of my career already. Yeah. I mean, the one that was like the most, oh my God, we're here, was when we played Conan. Like, that was pretty cool okay. to see. Ninja sex party. Go off about the Conan green room, please. I mean, it was just, it was a very nice, like, studio green room. Our dressing room had our name on it. Next to us was Ethan Hawke, you know, Daniel Sloss oh, was the other shit. one. And it was just like, oh my God, we're in like the Conan green room. Fuck. There were like, you know, eight of us because it was me, Danny Twerp, and I think Brent was there and, you know, maybe someone else. But there were a lot of people for one green room, which usually has one or two people. But it was just awesome. They had like a couch outside. I'd never been on a studio stage like that. And they had all this cool shit backstage to just walk out into the main thing where they film the show and think, holy shit, we're going to play this. That was awesome. And it's a small audience. How nervous were you for that? That's one of the very few times I've ever been like nervous prior to performing in recent memory. I don't get nervous generally when we play, mainly because for what we do, it's very hard to fuck it up. Like if you fuck something up at an NSP show on stage, it's just part of the bit. So yeah, it's kind of impossible to do something so badly that it makes the show worse. But 
when we played Conan, it's like, oh, well, this is millions of people might see this. And I remember starting to play and my hand was shaking, which like has never happened to me. But they're very cool about it. They said, you know, before we even did our set, there's sound checking and blah, blah, blah. But before we did our set, they were like, look, this is not live. If something really goes wrong, we do it again. We don't have like a ton of time, but we definitely get another shot at this if it like doesn't work. And we didn't need it, but that took a bit of the pressure off. Yeah. I also, I imagine it helps that you have a ninja mask on. A little bit. I mean, maybe a little, yeah. A little bit anonymous, but whatever. It was also like, it, you know, we're playing and Conan's like standing in front of us, kind of behind the camera so the camera can't see him. But he's like dancing around and like oh getting into God. it. And then like Rachel was there and Ross and a bunch of other friends showed up for it. There was a very, very sweet turnout of friends for that, too. So it was amazing. And we got to, you know, say hi to Conan and Andy. And like, it was just great. Everyone there was super, super sweet. Their comedy booker, J.P. Buck, was the guy who we mainly dealt with there. And he was, again, total sweetheart, like really nice guy. And we had a great time talking to him. It could not have been a better experience. Wow. Overall. Green room wise, it wasn't like the most lavish. But spiritually, energy wise. Yes. It was just like, oh my God, we're here. This is crazy. But in terms of nicest green room, probably this club that I think now is just called The Factory, but it used to be Bomb Factory in Dallas. Had a like mm, yeah. tricked out backstage, which was really, really nice. A lot of the newer clubs have like good green room areas. That one was really, really wild. It wasn't quite functional when we were there, but they had like a gym in the backstage. Yeah, you know, pump some iron right before going on stage. Why not? Yeah. But that's a big club. I mean, that club, I think, fits like 4,000 people. We did not come close to selling it out, but it like has a big backstage, which is like the size of the club. Actually, my best green room story, I don't think I can tell you on air but it did take place at the Aragon in Chicago. Did I tell you this? I think I might know this story. I'm not sure if you told me this story. I'll sum it up in a way that doesn't violate anyone's trust and say, it was cool to see the basement of the Aragon ballroom. <laughs> That's perfect. That's so good. Yes. I love green rooms. They're just so random. Definitely on the show, I've talked about the green room in New Orleans, which... Smelled like oh, with the crab, boiled crab fish. Boil? Yeah. That was a special green room experience. The other one that I think about all the time is the Tabernacle in Atlanta, which had like a little skee ball machine and like lots of rooms. The key is actually because of the number of people we typically travel with is lots of rooms. So yeah, because when you're touring for a long time, any space you can get is nice. So if yeah. it's possible to get like a room to myself in a green room, which it definitely is not always, that's extra nice. And then I can just like listen to a podcast, just sit there alone and not next to 10 other people for another, you know, however many hours. But yeah, I love green rooms. The most impressed that I've been with a green room offering is in the bathroom with the Dynasty typewriter green room. The last time mm -hmm. we were there, there was a basket of Garfield band-aids that looked like they were from the 90s. 
And I took one and it's still somewhere in my apartment just because I wanted a keepsake. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, Dynasty Typewriter. We love you guys. You're the best. Yeah, I love Dynasty Typewriter. Tiny backstage, but in a good way. Yeah, it's really, really cozy and fun back there. And they're also nice. Mm -hmm. And anytime I hear a podcast where somebody's like, oh, yeah, we did a show at the Dynasty Typewriter. I'm like, I've been there. I've pooped in that toilet. What's up? Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially some of those older venues like Dynasty or the Wiltern or the El Rey here, like they have some pretty bananas green room situations. And especially the the older ones, you never know what you're getting into. And sometimes it's great. And a lot of times it's like, whoa, this is small. But I mean, it's fun. It's fun to experience all the green rooms that the world has to offer. Yeah. I think my all-time favorite green room stars Imogen Poots and Anton Yelch. Yelch, Yelch, (laughs) Is that the one with... uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry if anybody saw me do that motion and knew exactly what scene I'm talking about <laughs> from that movie. I refuse to watch that movie because I think it would upset me. You shouldn't because it has like, I think one of the only instances of gore that has made me physically ill. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. There's a very floppy arm situation there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I won't be seeing that. Apparently, it's completely medically accurate, which is horrifying. Yeah, I don't want to know. I'm getting upset hearing about it. All right. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) You know, it's a good time. I think the only other time I got nauseous from movie gore, Mike Flanagan's Gerald's Game. Not a good movie, but (sighs) there's some degloving and yikes. That is ladies tied to the bed, right? Is that what Gerald's yeah, name is? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're about to say like, oh, degloving is a ladies thing. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you take off your long gloves prior to the ball. Degloving with the besties. <laughs> yeah. So the people have been asking us to talk about Danny Elfman's Coachella set. Have you experienced it? There's Coachella? Did they do a car- yeah. Coachella? <laughs> Yeah, did you not know this? No. Coachella is happening, or just happened, um, and Danny Elfman performed at Coachella. Cool. Did you watch yeah. or listen? No. How was it? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast whips. <laughs> yes. I looked at the set list. So he did some cool stuff. He did Breakfast Machine. From Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Cute. He did the Simpsons theme. He did a Nightmare Before Christmas medley. He did a bunch of Boingo stuff. He did some big mess stuff. But people seem to be very excited about it. And I was trying to find a way to see it. I don't know how to see it. I wanted to watch it. Here, real-time internet research. Let's try to figure this out. Can we figure out right now how to watch Danny Elfman's Coachella set? Danny Elfman Coachella set. Oh, he took his shirt off, too. That's the thing that people are very what? excited about. Watch Danny Elfman absolutely crush the Simpsons theme. Shut up, Oh, my dude. God. You still exist? Yeah. The quality of that video is terrible, so I didn't want to see it. Wow, look at him. Yeah, he's almost 70. Is he actually that tatted up? I mean, I don't know. Possibly. I assume those weren't painted on for this. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I didn't know that he was, like, ripped and covered in tattoos. What the fuck? He's quite ripped, yeah. 
wow, this is not what I was expecting. Good for him. I mean, the only rule at Coachella is there are no rules. Have you ever been to Coachella? No. And okay, I'm glad you asked that because although I would certainly, and I mean it, perform there if asked, I have <laughs> less than zero interest in attending any kind of festival as a non-performer because yeah. it's especially one in the middle of the desert where everything about it screams, this is going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. I've played at festivals, not big festivals, but festivals. They're intensely annoying. Now, the ones I played at were small enough where the performer-like amenities were not that great. Maybe the bigger ones are really nice. I don't know. But I don't want to be in the middle of the desert among however many thousands of other people where it's like a struggle to get basic human needs met. And also, mm -hmm. I think I would feel trapped there. A festival feels like if somebody was going to choose, what place could you suddenly drop Leighton and Brian into that would make them the most miserable? Coachella is probably it. I'm going to put Burning Man ahead of Coachella. Because okay, Burning fair, Man, fair. although I would love to see the art exhibits at Burning Man, it seems like there's probably some very cool stuff. Literally everything else about Burning Man makes me want to drop dead. Nothing about it sounds fun to me. I won't go to a concert for my favorite band where I can sit in a theater and it's like a five-minute lift from my place at a reasonable hour. I won't even do that. Yeah. So no hope for me at a festival. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you the festivals I've been to. I went to Lollapalooza in the 90s when it was like prime Lollapalooza. I don't know what that means. What is prime Lollapalooza? So Lollapalooza was like the big alt festival in the 90s. Let me look at this lineup and see if I'm inventing this memory. Yeah. Lollapalooza 1995. Mainstay. Yeah, this is it. Right. Sonic Youth, Hole, Cypress Hill, Pavement, mm. Sinead O'Connor, but she was not playing by the time I got there. Beck was that year? Wow. I don't remember that. Jesus Lizard. And oh, yes, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Wow. Were you skanking it up out there? Yes, of course, I was big into ska, as, as you no <laughs> doubt know. Wow, look at this side stage. I do remember there on the side stage, I watched Moby before Moby became like Moby Moby. Now, that guy famously has done some creepy stuff, so I do not want to endorse him in any way. But this is back when he was like, he was kind of hardcore and less like the Moby you think of when you think of Moby. I remember then when his like play album came out. I was like, that's the fucking guy I saw with his shirt off screaming and beating shit on the ground. Wow. Oh, so yeah. that's fun. There's a good lineup on the second stage. Yola Tango, Mike Watts, Super Chunk, Beck, Built to Spill, who I don't remember <gasps> about. Patty Smith, spill. really? Oh, I uh, would be Farside. so excited to see Built to Spill. That's awesome. Coolio. Well, Redman was on the second stage. That's cool. Anyway, yes. So I saw Lollapalooza in 1995, I think in New York somewhere. And guess what? It was a miserable experience, even when I was 20. Yeah. What is it with us? We've talked so much about how we hate fun, but we don't talk very much about why we hate fun. Yeah, let's get into this. How did we both get like this? Well, let's see. <laughs> no wrong answers. 
You say no wrong answers. I'm going to throw out wrong answers. I was going to say we don't like inconvenience, but that's not true. That makes us sound like a bunch of rich kid don't want to work kind of things. But that's not the case. Like, I'm constantly inconvenienced and I don't mind it so much. Yeah. And I will inconvenience myself for things that I, no, I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> what? You don't inconvenience yourself? I mean, I say this, you could, I didn't even bother cleaning my fucking desk, which is just like, here's every keyboard part. Here's all of my keycaps. You want them? I got them. And I'm dropping them all over the floor. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Did I grow up in a little test tube and came out fully formed hating any form of enjoyment? See, it's clear that we don't hate enjoyment. We just enjoy different things. And yeah. to me, okay, I was going to say, I don't like mindless things, which is not quite true. Okay, here's something. Maybe this kind of narrows it. I don't like things that I feel like are aimed at dumb people. <laughs> and a lot of the fun <laughs> things that happen feel like they're aimed at dumb people. We've spent 114 episodes being like, harsh opinion. Oh my God, no, I don't mean it in a judgy way. Proof that it's in a judgy way, Brian. <laughs> this well, is the yeah. proof. We can hedge it as much as I we guess. want to, but there it is. There's the receipt. I'm thinking out loud somewhat, so I'm allowed to walk this back. I did but... say no wrong answers. <laughs> yes. But just know that I will be judging you for wrong answers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so to weasel my way out of this, it is also sure. clearly true that a lot of the people who like stuff that I would say, oh, that's aimed at dumb people are not at all dumb people, right? Yeah. Guaranteed, a lot of the stuff from like, what idiot likes that? Lots of really smart people love it. So mm -hmm. there's the flaw in my reasoning. Yeah. But do you agree with the gist of my point there? I think the gist that I get out of it and connect to is that I don't like when stuff that is intended to or seems condescending or patronizing towards a group of people works. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just dress that up in some like marketing language, I guess. Yeah. And what is expressing opinions or being online, but aggressively marketing yourself and every thought so it is perfectly branded TM, copyright, mm -hmm. trademark. Okay, let's go through examples of fun things and then say whether we like them, okay? I'm going to Google how to have fun. Yes, I'm going to go with a couple off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, go off the dome. Going to a club, like a dance club. Eh. Yeah, absolutely not. My actual idea of hell. <laughs> have I done it? Of course I've done it. Did I ever have a good time? No, not really. I always would rather have been home. I don't think I've been to a club since I was maybe 28. By clubs, by the way, I mean like dance clubs. I'm not talking about like music clubs where a, a band is right. Playing. I'm talking about like a meat markety kind of, there's a DJ playing, people are dancing sort of thing. Yeah. Growing up was admitting to myself that it's okay to be like, I hate this and I don't want to be here and I'd have more fun at home watching a movie all the time. Fair. All right. So that's like the stereotype of uh, people go out, have fun, party, drink, whatever. I'm looking at a, a source that I think is going to list some things that are going to be ways to have a fun life, how to have a meaningful life. I'm currently on WikiHow mm -hmm. looking at the article, how to have a fun life. Good. Number one, 
seek out laughter in your life? Absolutely not. I'm a comedian, so check. Learn to laugh at yourself. I think I seek out laughter. I know how to laugh at myself. Enjoy little moments in your everyday life. Be spontaneous in the moment. Make an effort to try new things. Now I'm getting mad. This is upsetting me now. This just sounds awful. Look look for ways to make work fun. Switch up your routine. Practice mindfulness throughout your day. Yeah, okay. I'm out now. This list has officially lost. Dance for the sake of it, Brian. Oh, God. Is that really Find ways to have fun without spending money. Yeah, it is. Take vacations whenever you can. Interesting that that's the point right after find ways to have fun without spending money. Yeah, but actually spend money. Yeah. Yeah, this list sucks. No, but what I was going to say is I definitely have a fun life. Like talking about myself, I get to do a lot of really fun shit. Even before I was a full-time artist, like I got to think about awesome science shit and travel around the world and talk to smart people. That's fun as fuck. So the whole thing here is that we both have pretty objectively fun lives in, you know, basically any metric you could look at. I agree with that. I'm not actually trying to evaluate the actual level of fun that I have. I'm attempting to do a comedy bit. (laughs) But I think, so so allow me to ruin your bit. I think while we do have fun lives, we also both generally hate capital F fun, right? Yeah. The interesting part is I would say on average, our lives are more fun than people who go out and have fun. See, but isn't that creating like a level of moral equivalency? How so? There's an automatic like, I think that we have more fun than people who do these other things that we don't enjoy. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair, fair. But I think that person is probably having more fun than I am because we're two assholes sitting here talking about how other people are probably having less fun while these people are actually out having fun, probably. That's true. People who enjoy dancing in a club and enjoy the sights, sounds, feels of uh, doing whatever it is you do inside of a club. (laughs) Like get drunk and dance, I guess. I don't know. I want that person to squeeze the dopamine that they're getting out of that into my brain. I'm just bitter. Yes, And I'm externalizing my own dissatisfaction with an objectively fun life onto others who I'm just creating some sort of like, oh, this person must be lesser than I am because they enjoy a thing that I don't. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, I have a dance question for you. What is your relationship with dancing? Like, are you ever like, yeah, I'm going to go out and dance on that dance floor? Brian. No judgment if the answer is yes. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure the answer is not yes. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Brian? I think the answer is definitely not. But I don't know. I love that you had to say no judgment if you do. A lot of people love to dance. I do not. Neither do I. Okay, that's what I thought. There was some small chance. Okay, look, you and I have never been in a situation where dancing was even on the table as an activity that might happen, right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So if we were in that situation together, look, I wouldn't think you would be the first person out on the floor, but there are plenty of people that love to just go out there and boogie down, as people say. Yes, that is what everyone says as they do it. I had an idea for a more interesting thing. Yeah. So... You know, there's the website, reddit.com. I'm aware of it. There's a certain subreddit that is called Ask Reddit, 
where people mm-hmm, ask mm-hmm. questions for Redditors at large to answer. It's a cesspool, yes. as you can probably imagine. But I've been right. on this website for a very With, long time. quote unquote, experts. Yeah. Yes. And I kind of want to try, it's like Family Feud, but ask Reddit, where oh. one of us reads the question and then we try to guess what the top answers are. Great. I love it. This is a great idea. Okay. So it's r slash ask Reddit. Yeah. What's this called? This segment? This is basically a family feud thing, as you said. So what could we say? Uh, family Freddit? <laughs> Awful. That's got to be it. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right. Welcome to Family Freddit. I'm embarrassed saying it. Theme song goes here. Family. 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 Family Freddit. Please, Layton, introduce the bit. What expert is actually a total moron? I immediately have an answer. So do I. What's yours? Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was going to say Dr. Fauci. <laughs> what, okay. We're trying to guess what people are saying, right? Yeah. This is not what I think. This is why this is interesting to me, because I've been on Reddit so long. And a really big thing about Ask Reddit is that this is where the karma bots go to farm answers. And so in a decade on this website... I know what the question pool is, right? I know what always gets asked, and I know what the jokes are. So, Mm -hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Fauci, you would not find that unless you sorted by controversial. We're talking sort by best or sort by top. So, what's going to be popular enough within the Reddit that isn't going to be something that's like totally controversial? What about like Dr. Oz? That's a good one. I guess Dr. Phil would fall in that category? Yeah, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Dr. Laura Ingram. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think some people would say that, although I don't think anyone says Neil deGrasse Tyson is a moron. I certainly wouldn't say that. I would say he's annoying. I think that he's annoying enough that people will say that even if it's not true. Okay, cool. I think we can go to the comments now. All right. Wait, are you sorted by best or by top? By best. I think we should do top because best is like a weird weight to it based on like commenting and upvotes. Number one, Dr. Phil. Oh! Hell yeah. Okay. Dr. Phil. Great. Literally any financial expert on social media. Yep. Jim Cramer. Oh, Dr. Oz. Next Dr. Oz. There he is. Art Vandelay. That's from Seinfeld. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson! But only when he talks about biology. No, no, this is true, actually. When he starts talking about philosophy and not physics, then he gets out of his depth. So, moron is too strong, but he definitely is not qualified to talk about, like, physics and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's what this comment is saying. We did pretty well with this. Yeah, but that felt like a gimme. Someone put my mother. Of course. That's really funny. Okay, great. I like this a lot. Let's do more of these. This is fun. See, fun. We're having fun. Controversial music opinion. Is that too broad? Ooh, that's fun because that's guessing what is popular that people think is controversial. Okay, let's try. Here on Family Fredit, we are trying to guess the top answers to what's your controversial music opinion. Now, again, these are not our opinions necessarily. These are what we think other people will say. This is us trying to get inside the mind 
of a Redditor. It's a dark and scary place. I do want to just put out on the record that I think Dr. Oz is a moron and should not be listened to. Anyway. Jarek, will you edit the part where he said Dr. Fauci earlier and drop it in right there after he said Dr. Oz, please? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Moving on. What's your controversial music opinion? Let's see. One of the top ones is going to be, I actually really like pop music or pick popular song. I don't think it's that bad. That's my question. Is it going to be, because the really low-hanging fruit here is Frank Sinatra is a bad singer or something like that, right? So you take someone who people love and then you say, actually, that person sucks. That's the easiest way to be controversial. At least one of them is going to start with, I don't understand why X is popular. Yes, someone will say that about, I mean, pick any artist, you know? I wonder if we can get more granular with this, though. I think... X cover is better than Y original. Yes, that, okay, absolutely. That's going to be on there. There's going to be examples. There's going to be, I like the later stuff by Blop more than the early stuff. And then everyone in the comments is going to be like, fuck you, no, it's the early one. Yeah. How about on the flip side of the first thing, what's a thing that everybody hated that this person is like, I unironically love this thing. Nickelback, Nickelback. People are going to say Nickelback is actually a good band. All right. I think we have a good list. I like that we're also not keeping track. Let's go to the comments. All right. Sort by top. We got to have like a more game show element of sort by top. Great. All right. Let's say it together. Ready? Three, two, one. Sort Sort by by top. top. I like that we both slowed down to mash the other. We're totally not on the same page. All right. Banjo music and bluegrass slaps. Why is that controversial? This is true. Bluegrass rules. (laughs) I'm serious. It's awesome. Do people not like bluegrass? Second down, rap can be fucking amazing. Contrary to what a lot of people think, there's just a lot of shitty rappers. What? Now, these are just dumb. Billie Eilish isn't good. I'm sure she's a cool person, but her music isn't. I mean, again... This is what I predicted. Person people love, someone says they're not good. Bagpipes rock. It's surprising to me that people are going even broader than we were, because this is multiple, like, bagpipes rock, and so do accordions. I agree with that, actually. Beyonce is overrated. Yep, there we Imagine go. by John Lennon is a shitty song. That's not a controversial opinion. Queen is way overplayed. I actually agree with that one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I do too, actually. Drake is a weirdo. I don't know enough about Drake. He is. I was going to say a Kanye thing, but actually this is an interesting take, sort of. Kanye collaborates with or gets inspired by actually innovative producers, then he gets credit for being some genius. That might be true. I don't know. Who knows? Definitely not Reddit. Nickelback is okay. Hey. Oh, yes. Boom. Got it. Nickelback is okay, and it's more cringe now to say that you hate them. See, I think the tide has turned a bit on Nickelback because it's become so cliched to say Nickelback sucks. Yep. Now it's time for Sort by Controversial. Okay, okay, great. Yes. Listen, folks, if you ever see a a Reddit thread that has controversial in the title, you are legally obligated to sort by controversial. The Beatles are bad. That's just dumb. Second down, Paul McCartney is a subpar songwriter composer. Kurt Cobain is overrated. Beatles suck. Beatles suck. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of Beatles, Beatles suck, suck here. 
The Beatles are overrated, as is Bob Dylan. Okay, well, you want to know my personal take? I do not like Bob Dylan. I have never connected with his music. I would not say Bob Dylan sucks, but I'm not a Bob Dylan fan. I want to look for something with lots of comments. Yeah, we should sort by, like, top this week. Yeah, that's a good idea. What is your best insult without using curse words? Oh. I think I could get this one because this is one of those questions that has repeatedly come up on Reddit for the past decade. This was more in vogue in the early 2010s, but I hope you step on a Lego is going to be one of them. Oh, that's a good one. I would call you a but you lack the warmth and depth. That's also a favorite. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. There's probably Yo Mama stuff in here. It'll be some elevated Yo Mama stuff. What's the most elevated Yo Mama joke I know? Yo Mama is like a bag of potato chips, frito lay. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. I hope your day is as pleasant as you are. Yep. Someone is probably going to say, may you live in interesting times, which is not really an insult, mm. but feels like a cliche. How many more ways can you call somebody a dick? Because I think it's going to be a lot of circuitous dick calling. I love what you're trying to do. (laughs) That's the real winner. It's not going to be in there, but that's the one. Yeah, that's my favorite passive aggressive thing. I've never actually said to anyone and meant it, but yeah, that's my favorite like Hollywood insult. I love what you're trying to do. One of the top comments is going to be something along the lines of... There's a yo mama joke, and then there's also my daddy left me kind of joke, which is very popular mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. Reddit of like, yeah, son, I'm going to go out for cigarettes, and then he never came back. That style of joke. Are we ready to dive into this? Yes, let's do it. There are 24,000 comments on this. <sighs> Great. I'm sure this is going to go fun. All right. Are you ready to All right. do the uh, chant? Sort by top. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you right. have to chant it. It's a game show. Yes. Okay. 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 Got it. Here we go. (laughs) Imagine if I ever run a game show, it's going to be me off camera with multiple guns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Sword Sword by by Tom. Okay. The rule has to be we can never actually do it in unison or it fucks. I bet your parents change the subject when people ask about you, number one. That's Okay. Okay. You're difficult to underestimate. Uh, if she was a spice, she'd be flour from Bob's Burgers. That's very funny. Pretty good. That's good writing. I envy those who don't know you. <laughs> You're not the dumbest person in the world, but you better hope they don't die. <laughs> that's okay. That's a good one. I do like that one. Uh, none of the ones we said are in here. No, I'm shocking. I'm shocked. You had so much potential. Wow. All right, these are terrible. You wet piece of lettuce. Great job, Reddit. Your grandmother's prayers are wasted on you. I'm going to do a little control F. We got control F. We got no Lego. We got warmth. No, interesting. Reddit's changed. They recycled the shitty old jokes for shitty new jokes. One of these is a Bob Newhart joke, but no one says it. So there's a famous <laughs> Bob Newhart joke, which is, uh, I don't like country music, but I don't mean to denigrate those who do. And for the people who like country music, denigrate means to put down. <laughs> That's a really good like encapsulation of the conversation we were having before we started doing Family Fredit. Yes, indeed. 
All right, these are. Well, let's go to a different. Okay, this here. one sucks. I like that we went to the one where yeah, we didn't get any right and are just like, no, this fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, oh wait, ask Reddit. How do I get back to the top of Ask Reddit? Oh, there it is. You got to spend your ass credit. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here. Yes. Now that is quality. Now I'm having fun. <laughs> All right. Okay, I have one. What's a subtle sign that someone is not a nice person? I guarantee you number fucking one is going to be they're mean to wait staff. Yes, I think you are 100% right about that. Yeah, they're mean to wait staff. They don't tip is going to be on there. Women who say they don't want to be friends with other women, that's going to mm-hmm. be one. Oh, they don't hold the door open for people or something? Okay, that's one. Uh, animals don't like them. Animals and babies. Yes, animals and babies don't like them. Great example of that in Many Saints of Newark. They don't text you back, something like that. Yeah, and then someone responds like, I would text you back, OP. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) One person like, they look like my ex. Yeah, there's got to be like veiled misogyny in here, right? Like they wear too much makeup or something. Oh, (laughs) that's Reddit, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need a special like horn or bell for any sort of just sublimated or even outright misogyny or racism or whatever, because that's just how Reddit works. Yeah. All right. Let's check it out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sort. Sort. By. By. Top. Top. Great. When they always playfully insult you, but can't handle any criticism about themselves at all. That is a very good answer, actually. Yeah, it completely is. They keep they reminding keep you reminding that they're a nice that person. They're a nice person. But these are good answers. Don't mistake niceness for goodness. Yeah. Okay, this one's essentially don't be mean to wait staff. Yep. Everything you say you've done, they've done twice. I get what they're saying, but that's weird. A lot of this is about just straight up being mean to people. Oh, someone's going to say punching down in here, I bet. When they walk hunched over and giggle as they plot. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. Always playing the victim. Here we go. How they interact with people in the service industry. Neg you. They neg All you. of these are the same thing. <laughs> All of these answers mean the same thing. Littering. How they treat animals, usually a good way. Okay, close. Yep. You said that, didn't you? Uh, I said the other way around if animals don't like them. Oh, okay. Um, they don't put their shopping cart back. Good. Original one, buddy. All right. Okay. Fuck this thread. All right. One more. This is fun. This is how we have fun. Yes, I agree. Oh, (laughs) which situation will always create high sexual tension? (laughs) Uh, Skydiving. We should do that one, right? Sure. Why not? Yes. We get a bingo free space for masturbation joke. Uh, especially if it involves hand lotion tissues or like me and my monitor. Yeah, like seeing myself in the mirror or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too high self-esteem for Reddit. Something like being in a play together or something like that, right? What? Why? Anytime you're in like a high stakes environment and spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time together, I feel like that's what people are going to say is creating sexual tension. That is very specific. Yeah, that's... Essentially part of the and I'm vibe. I'm just trying to think of examples of that. So I think, yeah. I think being in a play together or something like that is one of them. I think Redditors aren't in plays. That's true. It's probably going to be very heteronormative too, right? 
Yes. I think one of the top comments is going to be a long story about how this guy met his wife. And that's the answer to the question. Uh And then one of the replies to that comment is going to be, I also choose this guy's dead wife, which is a reference to a very classic Reddit thread that gets trotted out all the time. It was another Ask Reddit thread uh, that Mm -hmm. was like, if you could have sex with one person living or dead, who would it be? And this guy was like, my wife, she died several years ago. And then somebody responded, I also choose this guy's dead wife. <laughs> um, and so that's just been a running Reddit bit for a long time. That's a bit from the Alan Partridge movie, which I just recently rewatched. Is it? It's very similar. He's hosting his uh, radio show and he's like, he's like, and now it's time for the whatever it is, the morning question or whatever. He has some much more partridge name for it. And he goes, what's your favorite smell? And he's taking calls. And someone goes, my wife's nighty. And he goes, ooh, kinky. And then the guy said, she died last year. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway. If we're also going to go for references to vintage Reddit, it's going to be when I break both of my arms. I won't explain that one. But if there is any joke okay. about breaking both of your arms... I believe it'll be there. Right. Is there going to be something like working in a service industry together, like being waiters together or something? I think it's going to be more along the lines of people who are putting themselves down, like in the sense of jokingly answering, like what's always going to create high sexual tension, like, oh, when I stare at the girl who doesn't know that I exist during the home period, like that style. Yeah. Of like pining. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then probably some very basic, like physical, like, ooh, when your hands brush against each other. 100%. Yes. Like when you're sitting at the table and your legs touch or something. Yes. Oh, when my wife puts her hair up in a scrunchie. 10 years ago, this was like a pretty frequent thing. Oh, okay. It was just sort of like a consistent stolen comment or whatever of like, oh, whenever my wife blows me, she puts her hair up in a scrunchie. So now when I see her put her hair in a scrunchie, I expect to blow up. Oh, okay. Well, I did not pick up on that at all. Okay. Oh, I've been on this website for too long. Yeah, you are definitely more of an expert than I. Okay, here we do. Time to soar by top. By top. Accidental touching, number one. But neither of you move. Legs touch under a table. Fucking called it. Yes. Love All right. <laughs> okay. This is an anecdote related. Do you want to read it? Oh, no. I already scrolled past. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. When my boyfriend, before we started dating, noticed I had freckles on my face and asked if he could pull off my glasses to see them better, he did it so gently, and I didn't know what to do with myself. That's sweet. Help me pick out a swimsuit? Okay, I guess. I imagine that's a reference. <laughs> Being around the same age as someone on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Fixing him up after he falls off skateboard. Yep, I saw that one. Being in a small, dark, enclosed space <laughs> with someone else. Yeah, yeah you like think? When you're a goblin. <laughs> Looking someone dead in the eye and saying, make me. That's actually a pretty good answer. Yeah, see, this is why Ask Reddit is kind of fun sometimes. Twister. Twister. All right. Okay. Getting caught out in the rain together. Uh huh. 
I was attending a painting party at a girl's house one summer that turned into a paint fight. R slash things that happened. Making making eye contact with a similarly aged person of similar attractiveness in public. That falls under one of the umbrellas that we discussed. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, this one could go either way. Someone deciding to sit in the seat right next to you, even though there are tons of other empty seats. No, that's a threat. Uh, Yeah, as a woman. (laughs) No. Being stuck in an elevator, truth or dare, an airplane, accidentally touching each other, comparing the size of your hands, showing someone how to cook, uh, model while you draw or paint. That's close to your play one. A lot of airplane stuff here, yeah. Any kind of high stress job. Comparing the size of your hands. Yeah. Oh, wow. You okay, that it. is what I said. Great. <laughs> Are you reading the hair one? <laughs> no, the one I just read is being sexually naked in a sexual manner and you can see her naked <laughs> boobies. <laughs> That's very funny. There's a general trend on Ask Reddit when there's any sort of sex or hotness question where people in the comments will start complaining about how every post on Ask Reddit is about sex and then people always resort to being like, hey, Reddit, what's the sexiest sex to ever sex? Like, yeah, right. that is an answer to the previous question of what happens way more than people think it does complaining. Yeah. Oh, here's the heteronormativity I was talking about. When friends of the opposite gender compare hand sizes... Like they had to specify opposite gender. There is for sure a fight in those replies. Okay. Well, that was Family Fredit. Family Fredit. A very successful segment that we should definitely do again. What do you win? Oh, if you win Family Fredit? If you win Family uh, Fredit. What do you get if you win Family Feud? Probably, I don't know. Money? money? Yeah. <laughs> well, neither yeah, of us yeah. are going to win money. Also, who won? Nobody won, right? Nobody won. We all lost. We all lost. Can we get like a... Very good, very good. Yeah. Oh, we didn't introduce the show yet. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Family Fredit. Uh, (laughs) With your hosts, Leighton Gray and Brian Wecht. Brian Wrecked. (laughs) Wow, I I went straight for Brian Wrecked. Brian Wrecked. Yes, you did. Brian, what does the audience stand to win this week? Nothing. They get to waste an hour or two of their lives listening to this podcast. Wonderful. Let's meet our contestants. Hi, my name is Brian Wecht. I'm from uh, Los Angeles, California. And my hobbies include making other people uncomfortable and pottery. And Brian, what do you like to do in your spare time? Absolutely nothing. Yikes. All right. (laughs) Okay. Shall we pop in? Yes. Let's pop. Because once you pop, you can't stop. Does Ethan know that he named a segment that's become the bane of my existence? He's aware he named a segment, although he may have forgotten. But the second part also I disagree with. (sighs) You don't get to tell me what is the bane of my existence. It's my choice what the bane of my existence is, and I choose that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, you know, fair enough, except no, and it's not. (laughs) Hey, Reddit, what's the bane of your existence? (laughs) Yeah. Someone will post a picture of Bane from Batman. (laughs) Upvote this so when you search bane of your existence, the bane comes up. 
All right. What's pop? I forgot to write anything down for segments this week. Uh, Oh, well, I well, should have well. said though. Well, 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 well. Who well, wasn't well, prepared well. for their favorite uh, oh, segment? No, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I got it You're all prepared? here. I said I oh, forgot so to write everything down. So what's popping, Brian? What's popping for me this week is, wait, I forgot to introduce the segment. So Leighton, this is our pop culture recommendation no! segment. This is something <laughs> no! where every week you get to pick something that you're into. Uh, could be a book, could be a movie, could be a video game, a song, maybe an article you read, whatever. And Reddit.com slash talk about it. And this is something relationships. Hi, our relationships. My I'm sorry, I gotta write go. the title first. Yeah, Me, sure. 24 female, am so mad at 54 male because mm-hmm. he won't stop doing this thing I hate. Uh and post. If I may add a sentence to that. P.S. I actually love it. No, make your own. No, make your the, own. I, <laughs> our relationships is not enough. I got to go reddit.com slash r slash am I the asshole? Reddit. Yeah. Am I the asshole? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish you could see what my search bar is because I've been trying yeah. to do the fidelity of actually typing and it's a nightmare. It just says asshole. They said ESH, which means everyone sucks here. So <laughs> doesn't really reflect well on either of us. Should I actually put something on Am I the Asshole where it's like, I have this really funny, like objectively funny (laughs) comedy bit that I do. And the person that I inflicted on keeps asking me to stop doing it. But because I know it's funny and I think she knows it's funny as well, I keep doing it. Am I the Asshole? Um, Top comment. YTA, do you even have to ask? First of all, look at the age difference. Second of all, she already told you she doesn't like it, so why do you keep doing it, dude? Mm-hmm. Edit. Thanks for the gold, kind stranger. Edit, edit. <laughs> Thank you for all of the awards. Wow. And that's me. The top comment is me. Yeah. I spend so much fucking time on Reddit, Brian. <laughs> it's burned into my retinas. I mean, <sighs> that was incredible. I wake up and the first thing in the morning is I go on, am I the asshole? (laughs) What's poppin'? What's poppin'? What's poppin' for me this week is a television program that many of us enjoy called Better Call Saul. And (gasps) I am rewatching it for the first time. I've only seen all the episodes once. And I'm rewatching it because the final season is coming out and it is even better than I remembered it. It is such a great fucking show. I Hold love the it. the fuck up. The final season? Even more than what? I did. What? Final season? When? Now. It's already airing. April 18th. Whoa. You know, first episode came out a couple days ago. What the fuck? All right. Anyway, back to Better Call Saul because I'm so excited to talk to you about Better Call Saul. It's just great. Bob Odenkirk is fantastic in it. Ray Seahorn rules. So good. Kim is like one of the best characters in anything, and she does such an incredible job. She does. And everything about that character is like, oh, this is a smart fucking person. Competent, smart, flawed, but just has stuff together and maybe about to go very off the rails. I mean, to me, the whole tension of the series, of course, is you have this relationship between Jimmy and Kim, which you know it has to explode somehow. So maybe she dies. You know, something happens to Kim 
where yeah. probably there's a massive break in their relationship before the start of Breaking Bad. And the series is very aware of that and plays, I think, with this constantly, where it's like, is this going to be the thing that splits them up? The show also is really good about subverting expectations. The biggest just full body clench for me in the show so far has been no spoilies. Did you rewatch the whole thing already or are you mid rewatch? I'm in the middle of season two right now. Okay, never mind. But I've seen it all. I mean, okay, it's the scene where Nacho gets dragged to a certain place to see a certain thing and he is being threatened. Right. And it's like, oh, shit. That's a good yeah. one. That was a real me, like hollering at my television kind of moment. Yeah. That's a great character. Michael McKean is just incredible in it. He's on fire. By the way, we're going to spoil things in Better Call Saul here. So, like, if you haven't seen it, I don't know, skip a few minutes ahead. Yeah, yeah, all right. I also did a very, like, blatant spoiler joke right there. So, you know, hey, folks, Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad is. And I love both of those shows. So, skip to, I don't know, wherever. Later. You'll hear it. Skip to 5818. Skip to 5818. Skip to 5818. Skip to 5818. Good job. Uh, but what I was going to say, Michael McKean, towards the end of season one, where it comes out that Chuck has totally betrayed Jimmy and was the person that told HHM not to hire him. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great turn. And the way that that knife keeps getting twisted. Yeah, more and more and more. (sighs) Chuck just, God, that guy sucks. You know, Jimmy, I never really cared about you all that much. That and you're not a real lawyer, right? You're not a real lawyer. Just devastating. Yeah. Oh, fuck. What's the thing? It's, It's when they're like taking the painter's tape off of Chuck's place and they're sharing a nice memory and then Chuck says something like really devastating and I don't remember what it is. Just, uh, and then later they echo that where like Jimmy's pulling the tape off of the wall at his and Kim's office and then he doesn't do it the way Chuck said and he rips it. It's just like television. Yeah. I love television. Yep. So anyway, I'm happy to be rewatching it. It's a great show. Also, Mike, fucking all of the Mike stuff. Mwah. Mwah. Yep. So good. Jonathan Banks. I watched a thing where it's Jonathan Banks and Mark Margolis in conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I see the same thing. It's so good. Two older guys talking to each other. It's great. I think that was my What's Poppin' like a year ago. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember that being a poppin'. But Jonathan Banks is such a like little sweetie. Like just foul-mouthed little <laughs> sweetie. And it's so great. <laughs> yeah, and he has so many of the mannerisms of Mike, but dialed back. You know what I mean? You feel like Mike is Jonathan Banks plus 20%. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's not talking down here a lot. He's kind of up here when he talks. And his voice definitely has like more high peaks on it, which it's so charming. Yeah. In the same way that Dennis Reynolds feels like Glenn Howerton turned up by like 30% based off of Mm -hmm. Always Sunny cast. Oh, speaking of that. So now I'm totally caught up on the Always Sunny cast. I'm not. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm completely caught up, including the part where they talk about his snowboarding accident, which is a horrifying story. Yeah, truly. Especially as he's sitting there in his little sling. I've only heard it. So I don't know what 
they look like. You haven't been watching them? I didn't even know it was video. I've just been listening. Oh, Brian, you're missing like a whole- I bet. The gang browns out one, like they're filming it in Rob's like little cabin and it's really cozy and mm-hmm. sweet. Like you should watch the video. It's it's worth it. Yeah. Unlike this dumbass show where you pay money and then it's just <laughs> us two sitting here. Anyway, that's my what's pop. Better call Saul. Layden, what's pop? What's popping for me is a movie. <clears throat> that's the name of the movie. It's directed by Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. Uh What's popping for me is Carnival of Souls. Have you seen Carnival of Souls? Sounds familiar, but no, not that I can It's remember. very old. It's directed by a guy who made educational films and then was like, I'm going to make a horror movie. And it's a lady is in a car accident and she is the sole survivor. And then weird shit starts happening. And this is from like 61, maybe. It's black and white. It's mm-hmm. super, super, super low budget, which is interesting because it's very artfully shot, but like the dubbing is terrible and the cuts are really harsh. But it's genuinely fucking creepy, which I was super surprised by. And the lady is an organist, like a church organist. And so the entire movie has this like crazy church organ score that's really spooky. Hmm. Whole thing's on YouTube. Cool. It was fucking great. So if anybody needs a fun little spooky thing to watch with some like, I'm going to say formally perfect jump scares because they are, but I don't want people who are afraid of jump scares to avoid it because it's not like that. There's just a couple of moments where you're going to be like, ah, but it doesn't feel like the way that people Ah. who hate jump scares talk about hating jump scares. Mm -hmm. Also, David Lynch and Romero have both been like, oh yeah, that was a huge influence and you can really see it. Mm. So that's what's popping. Also, on YouTube, Blue Dot Criminal Investigations, they upload like full eight hours of criminal interrogations, and I've been blazing through all of them as I play Civ or Cyberpunk, so I'll be deep into, you know, the Atomic Era, playing as Rough Rider Teddy Roosevelt in the cowboy hat, just truly trying to kill everyone. Meanwhile, on the other monitor, I've been watching all of the videos from the Slenderman stabbing case. Mm. It's not good. Did Slender Man do it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's doing 40 to life. Yeah. But he can slip through the bars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's what was popping. All right. Lemons. You got a lemon? Oh, wait, we have to introduce Peaches and Lemons. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my final segment, which my thunder really got stolen here by Brian. Uh, Just jump straight into it. Like, my introduction to my bit, to our bit, is not as important as his introduction for his, quote-unquote, his bit. Agreed. Um, I just want you to know that my lawyer has signed everything. It is not going to be a 50-50 split, my friend. One of us (laughs) is keeping the segments, Okay. Okay, let's do 60-60. <laughs> I'll take it into purview. We really shouldn't even be talking right. to each other outside of the courtroom. Right, yeah. That's a bad idea. Anyway, uh, Peaches and Lemons, here's the segment. We don't even have to explain it. It's theme song. Peaches and Lemons. Peaches and Lemons. All right, the f- lemon, what? Okay, here's my lemon. Uh, I was staying at a friend's house in San Diego last night, and he has a lovely little kind of 
guest house in the back. Not quite a guest house, more just like a little room in a converted garage. We got back from the show, I don't know, around midnight after some hanging out, some good time with good friends. I was very tired and I went to sleep immediately. And then a fucking bird at 3.30 in the morning (laughs) went off outside. Tweet, 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 tweet. Tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet. I closed the window that was open. Didn't help. I love that you're really giving us the full like 4D cinema around the head experience. Yeah, that's what I do. I provide experiences. So then, yeah, I closed the window and instead of tweet, 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 it was long pause. I was like, what the fuck is happening? God damn it. So I did the only thing I could think of, which is because I could tell earplugs weren't really going to work. I put in headphones and turned on a podcast and eventually managed to get back to sleep just in time for the light to shine through the very large window in the room and wake me up again. So last night it was a nice little room, but I did not sleep particularly well because through no fault of anybody's, but through a very determined bird and then some very bright lights. That's my limit. I feel your pain, my friend. What's the deal? Birds are going off in the middle of the night a lot more now. Is this a like we're killing the planet type situation or are they just doing it to be little shits? I don't know. Because I've been hearing them in the middle of the night. Yeah. There was a tree right outside our bedroom window when Rachel and I lived in New Jersey. And Rachel called it the Brian bird because it was very irritating for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Put that in the taxonomy. That's a new bird. Brian Bird. All right. That's my lemon. What's up? My lemon is, could you give me some like very sad music for this? Oh, yeah. Because it's it's a little bit more serious than I normally go on lemons and I'm going to need an appropriate mood to really respect the gravity of the situation. So the other day I was going to... uh, reheat some some of the patty melts that I made and I had just made the patties um, and I got my bread already and I was just thinking all day about how excited I was to, to, to have a nice crispy bread melty cheese sandwich <clears throat> and I, I I'm getting my bread out and I'm getting I put the butter in the pan it's sizzling and then I look into the condiment side of my fridge as I open it up and I'm out of mayo what? <laughs> and I had no mayo left. What am I supposed to do? I have Dijon mustard. I've got A1 steak sauce. I've got Worcestershire sauce. I've got a nice base to make some sort of sauce. And if only I had a fat, if I had a mayo in my fridge, could have made the perfect crusty bread and a beautiful little aioli. But I didn't. And the sandwich was just okay. 
That's it. That's my lemon. fell off my piano at the end that was the force of the tragedy a wow. devastating story devastating yeah i know I, I appreciate your support in this troubling time is it mayo it was not mayo because there was no mayo oh, and then everybody cried that reminds me here's a pitch idea i want to do this at a live show the is it mayo thing reminded me i want to have a wet t-shirt contest you've done this you're like obsessed with the wet t-shirt contest idea. You've told me I guess about I am because I, I don't remember having show. it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I want to do it. Okay, great. So here's the idea. Since I haven't talked about it before, <laughs> people have t-shirts of any wet. Sorry, I came up with a twist on this. Okay, so it's a wet t-shirt contest. It's a picture of any wet, any wet they want. Could be me. Could be famed forensic doctor Cyril Wecht. Could be Rachel. Could be Audrey. Could be my sister. Could be a cousin of mine. I don't know. Could be another Wecht that's out there in the world. But here's the mm -hmm. twist, okay? It is not a wet t-shirt contest. And everybody gets a super duper full glass of water. And if there is any moisture on the t-shirt, they get disqualified. <laughs> Because it's not, we're not lowering our standards. It's not, you know, some weird sexist wet t-shirt contest. No. Sure. This is a wet t-shirt contest. Are they being judged on the quality of the wet on the shirt? Or what's the ultimate object of the wet t-shirt contest? Yeah, it's how wet-y it is. What do you win? You win a, a t-shirt with my face on it. <laughs> I actually think the prize should be a t-shirt without your face on it. Yeah, just a plain white t-shirt. You know, you're all the only one who can be released from wearing the wet prison, no water. And then you get the privilege of a blank shirt. Actually, it's a t-shirt that all text that says, I entered a wet t-shirt contest and won. And all I got was this lousy t-shirt without Brian Weck's face on it. This sounds like a winner. Yeah. All right, peaches. Anyway, everyone, we like to announce that we're going on our late night live show tour and we have to cancel it because we did not sell enough tickets. Yeah. <laughs> we should do another live show for real. We should, but it would be great if we could actually sell tickets this time. Yes. Well, I think not doing shows in LA might be the key to that. Hello, Milwaukee. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> might be the move, actually. Peach number one, I already said it, but I got to say it again. Great time in San Diego with Twerp and some friends. Love Twerp. Love my buds down there. Rich Coin was there also. And it was just a great trip. And I got to go to some of my favorite restaurants and see some of my favorite people. So Peach 1. Peach 2 is I went to last weekend. The LA Phil does a thing called Noon to Midnight where it's an all-day festival of new music. Like Noon to Midnight. And it's five bucks. Whoa. And so I saw an insane amount of amazing music for $5. And there's like parallel performances happening all over Disney Hall. I heard some really crazy, awesome shit, including a performance of one of my favorite pieces, Steve Reich's Four Organs, which I've loved ever since college. And it was amazing to hear it live. And then that night there was a performance of, 
I forget how to pronounce this composer's name, Andreessen, I think, but I might be saying it wrong. He died recently. He was Norwegian, I think. And they did a piece of his called Dishtat, which it's kind of a minimalist thing with some fucking amazing brass writing. It was great. I loved it. Had a great time. Hell yeah. And uh, let's see. I have so many peaches. My life is nothing but a big bushel of peaches. Because we're both having so much fun all the time. Because we're having so much fun. On the way back from San Diego, I stopped at Philippe the Originals, one of the two competing French dip establishments here in Los Angeles. Oh, and actually, when I was at this new music concert, I went for the first time to the other one, Cole's, which is the other competing French dip place, which I'd never been to before. How do you even beat Philippe? He's the original. (laughs) How can there be two? This is the point of debate. Is it Cole's or is it Philippe's? I don't know. And I have to say, there are things to recommend each. They're both very good, but... I think I still prefer Philippe's, but it was nice to go to Kohl's. It's like a bar downtown, basically, that serves French dips. I'm really, really curious about the pros and cons between the two. Do you want me to get into them? Yeah, I'm curious. Okay, here we go. All right. So at Philippe's, they dip it for you. You don't get the sandwich with a bowl of jus. You tell them how much to dip it. It's pre-dipped. You say (laughs) you want it. I'm not kidding. Uh, you can get it dipped. No, it's a pre-dipped French dip. You get it dipped, double dipped, or wet. That's just what it is. So I have to say the sandwich I got today ordered double dipped could have been a little dippier, frankly. I don't think it was totally double dipped. But the thing about Philippe's, the French dips are great. You can pick if you want. It's like beef, lamb, pork, pastrami, ham, or turkey. I've never done anything but the beef, but... I'm sure they're all great. Philippe's has like awesome. Di- it's like basically a deli counter, uh, like an old school one, but still a deli counter. And the thing that f- fucking rules at Philippe's is the mustard. They have this sinus annihilating mustard that is absolutely the greatest thing. It's the kind you have a little bit and you're like, oh, my fucking God. It just destroys your nose. It's so great. Sounds great. And they have good desserts like pies and cakes. They also have insanely great beet pickled eggs. So you get a nice bright purple pickled egg. Pickles at Philippe's nice. are subpar. Don't recommend them. Oh, that's disappointing. But yeah, I love Philippe's. Cole's is like a straight up bar with good mixed drinks. At Cole's, I had the half prime rib French dip with fries and their house lager, which is like five bucks for a nice pint of cold lager. The drinks are supposed to be really good there. I have to say the bread at Kohl's was fucking awesome. Love the like real nice chewy bread. Yeah, you got to get a bread that's going to withstand the dip. That's right. And that did that really well at Kohl's. Kohl's does give you the dish of jus. I prefer that because you can dip to your precise level of desired dipness. Both great. Fries were really good at Kohl's. Really good fries. What style of fry? Thin, like McDonald's looking fries. Very nice. Real salty. Very nice. So with Philippe's, how wet is the bread when you get it? A few times I've had it, it was a lot wetter. This time I ordered the double dip and it was not wet enough. So I think in order to make it more wet, the next time I order a sandwich there, I'm going to order it wet in order to make the sandwich wetter than the version I had now, which was not wet enough because I think it should be wetter as in possessing more of the quality of wetness. 
The sandwich just needed a little more foreplay. That's right. Look, I tried rubbing it. All right, I'll show myself out. But nothing happened. <laughs> when I think about sandwich and a sandwich that I want, wet is not in the top five descriptors I would choose for like a quality sandwich, including ones that are like supposed to be wet. Meatball sub, I don't want to wet. Like a French dip. Well, I think we need to be careful about how wet we're letting sandwiches get. That's right. You know what? I agree with you. With a meatball sub, there's nothing worse than getting a, a meatball sub and you pick it up and the crease of the bread is so soggy that the balls drop through the crease onto the ground. I mean, it's abominable. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I get a meatball sub, my meatballs are falling on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants That's that. clearly no fault of my own. The structural integrity of the bread is shit. That's always the case. Yeah. I hate a sopping wet meatball sub. Uh, but like and okay, another, another thing that's important to me. No, 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 no. Fuck your pieces. A thing that's really mm -hmm. important to me is if I get a sandwich, I'm not going to finish the whole sandwich. So I'm going to put half of it in my fridge for a nighttime snack or a daytime mm -hmm. snack. Mm -hmm. If it's mm -hmm. too wet, upon going into the fridge... How am I supposed to enjoy a nice, chewy, tasty sandwich the next day? Yep, you're correct. Make the mistake of going to Jersey Mike's, getting it Mike's way, and not eating it all right then? That's a mistake. It sounds like a good idea in the moment, but Mike's way is the path to disappointment. I will say, if you're in like a good like Italian Northeast deli, and you get like the Italian sub, it's like the salami, provolone, capicola, which I'm not going to call gabagool. It's capicola. Ham with some Italian dressing or oil and vinegar or whatever. If you let that fucker sit for a day, you are in heaven. There's nothing better than a good Italian sub that's had a day to like marinate in its own juices. Well, yeah, because it has to be a bread that unwetted could hurt you. Like, mm -hmm, I want mm -hmm. to be able to take the whole baguette and feasibly be able to mortally beat someone with it, then Mike's way, sure. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, sorry. Your, oh, man. Your peaches? I think that was it. Yeah, San Diego, New Music, and Philippe's. Oh, okay. Well. What are your peaches? Thank you for asking. I thought you would never ask. My first peach is Lucky Charms. Oh. I thought I didn't like Lucky Charms, and I, just, I don't even like cereal. And if I do get cereal, it's like Cheerios or a Special K. But I think because I'm doing some like inner child work that my inner <laughs> child was like, oh my God, I want Lucky Charms. That's actually my genuine answer <laughs> uh, <laughs> for why I did that. But they're great. You want a little snacky? You want to eat some kitty litter with some hard, disgusting marshmallows in it? Yes, Oof, I do. Oh my God. No, thank you. But I'm glad you like them. Put a little splash of half and half on top. Just enough to moisten it. Half and half? Yeah. Wait. Well, I don't have milk. Hold on. What? You're eating <laughs> Lucky Charms with half and half. Yeah, I am. That's great. I'm, I'm, oh. I love what you're trying to do with this, Layton. I love what you're trying to do with this. It reminds me of the time I was staying in a <laughs> hotel and they had a breakfast and I went to eat my cereal and milk. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this milk? And I discovered I had poured heavy cream into the cereal rather than milk. And it was just an appalling experience. 
I'm not doing like the amount of milk that you would put in a regular bowl of cereal. I'm giving a little tiny like splash, little splash. Oh, oh, I see. And then a thorough mixing. Oh my God. A regular bowl of half and half in cereal would be barbaric. Just enough. I'm coming around to the idea of that being a very like big power move where (laughs) you're at a breakfast meeting and you're like, (laughs) excuse me, I would like a bowl of Lucky Charms and a pint <laughs> of half and half. Serve chill. them to me separately. Yeah, chill, <laughs> chilled to precisely 37 degrees Fahrenheit. Serve them to me separately, and I will pour one upon the other. You turn to your breakfast companion, and you say, okay, Mr. Spielberg, I'm ready to listen. <laughs> the waitress comes back, and she's like, Ma'am, I am so sorry. We don't have a carafe of half and half, but we do have these mini creamers. Is that okay? <laughs> and then you sit, the real yeah. power move is you sit there and you uncap each half and half until you oh, have a yeah. mountain of empty creamer cups. Yeah. yeah. And by then everyone's and stack left them. and they've called the police. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stack those pyramid style. Very important. Oh, God. Peach number two put me in cyberpunk prison again because I, oh, d- no. I, I, I don't do much. I sit at my desk all day. I don't got shit going on. So my second peach is that I started playing cyberpunk 2077 again. And I just really appreciate that the game accommodates any type of build you could possibly want. I've done a katana build. That's super fun. I've done a stealthy revolver build. That's super fun. Now, since they fixed throwing knives in the 1.5 patch, it's completely feasible to go full stealth, like cold blood stacks, knife throwing, crit, like maxed out crit build. Now I'm going for a full on speedy shotgun build where you're just whipping out shotguns and you get bonuses if you're running really fast. And so you just run up to people and then you hit them with a shotgun and it's really violent. It's incredibly satisfying. Cool. So that's my second peach. And my third Mm -hmm. peach is that Dear friend Allison came over and we... Friend of the show, Allison. Friend of the show. And she taught me how to lube mechanical keyboard switches. So we piece by piece took apart a bunch of switches that I had and we lubed them. And now I have a bunch of the coveted Holy Panda. Oh, look at that. They're nice. I had so much fun. And then when we finished lubing them, Allison handed me two of them and was like... Guess which one's the lubed one? I did not get it right. So we we did spend a significant amount of time. (laughs) Turns out I can't tell the difference, Mm -hmm. but it was super, super fun. And now I have more keyboard stuff. I mean, literally I've got, like, I'm just, these aren't in like a box, right? Like I'm picking these up off of my desk loose because I'm a fucking train wreck. Anyway, those are my peaches. Great. Well, what a fun show. Yeah, this was a good one. Family Freda was a winner. We discussed fun. It's rare we do a recap at the end of the show, but I'm feeling it today. Yeah. Well, I, this is a reference you're not going to get, but it does feel like a Saw movie where at the end it's like, hey, you want to watch the uh, rest of that movie that you just watched just in case you forgot? That you just you can Saw. I didn't watch Saw today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't see it either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because we're going to watch it together. Saw one, we watched it. We are. More like C. Yeah. All right. Well, you can really directly track, I think, in this episode, the temperature in my apartment 
rising as the sun goes down. And I was like, oh, I'll turn off my AC before we record. We, I, don't, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying right now. And as the temperature has gone up, just me getting slowly more hysterical. Not in a funny <laughs> way, just in a Jesus Christ kind of way. Okay. Well, go turn your AC on. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody at home. I know it's not 420 anymore. It's in fact like... It's 430. Actually, oh, it's 430. I think this comes out in 430. Is that right? Let me check. No, 429. 429. Blaze it So nine. if 420 is the weed holiday, what does that make 429? I wanted to say it's weed nine. Deep weed nine. But that makes no sense. Deep weed nine. <laughs> I like that. 429. Let's see. In honor of the nine lives of cats, that's when you smoke cat food. <laughs> Blaze it meow. You know, it's such a wide swing that I cannot help but respect it. Like, go off bestie. Someone has <laughs> definitely smoked cat food out there. That is a thing someone has done. Brian, have you ever eaten dog food? I've eaten dog treats, but not like canned dog food. I don't mean canned dog food. Yes. I mean, any food could be dog food if you really think yeah. about it. <laughs> that's, that's true. You know, to to a dog, dog food is just food. <laughs> Neither of us is high, but we got there. Somehow, yeah, between family credit and everything else, we have arrived at a sort of spiritual high. The universe blazed it for us. God blazed it before he made me. (laughs) So normally this is the part where we would ask the guest to plug their thing. So I think I'm going to plug having a drink of water. Oh, go buy late night merch. We got some great merch. Yeah. Let's say we printed a few too many pin sets and we'd like to sell them. It's not that we didn't print too many pin sets. It's that people don't have good enough taste to purchase the volume of pin sets. They just don't know. How good they are. Mm-hmm. Wait, can we do like a like a QVC or like an infomercial for late night merch? I'm not necessarily saying right now, but I've been thinking yes, about this. we should this. do that. Yeah, let's do that. That's a good idea. Okay, great. I hear the music very clearly and we just really like mm-hmm. compress our voices so it sounds terrible. <laughs> also, Patreon, I don't know. All of you who are on the Patreon, you're very cool. Why does anybody listen to this show? Thank you. Much appreciated. I hope you're well. I hope you're hydrated. I hope you had a good, a good, good, good 420, sober or not. Oh, speaking, don't of, go on speaking of that, someone who listens to the show came up to me at this new music concert <gasps> and said, I love the podcast. So to that lovely person. Whoa. Thank you. Well, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye, everybody. All right. Yeah, that's it. Bye. Mwah. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>